Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, Freckle Tweety family, and welcome back to a solo podcast episode. Um, as I mentioned, every other episode is going to be a solo format based on a topic that you guys either request or something that gets a lot of reaction across my social media channels over that two-week period. Or, you know, we're going to have different themes, but I, again, want to like include you all. So if you are interested in a specific topic, please make sure you are messaging at Pod on Instagram or emailing podcast at freckledfoodie.com. And then also just like stay up to date on my Instagram stories because when I choose the topic, I'm posting it on my stories and asking you all to submit thoughts, reactions, questions, etc. on that topic so we can involve the Freckled Foodie community more. Today's episode is about the concept of the relationship between an influencer and their followers and what that relationship looks like because we have had quite the past week with some community member reactions. So let's dive in. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Freckle foodie and friends, talking about life's odds and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have unfiltered conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Freckle foodie and friends. So the message that is really kicking off this episode that was the request was someone sent in a message about a comment on one of my TikTok videos and basically said, I'm not sure if you've talked about this on the pod before, I'm a new listener, but I found the comments where people accused you of gatekeeping your sister's brown bathing suit on the recent TikTok you did so wildly aggressive and weird. I had no idea people were so intense to slash about influencers sharing links slash every detail of their lives. It would be cool to hear from you what your perspective on what that's like. Well, thank you, Susie, because that's exactly what we're going to get into today. So to set the stage, let's really lay the groundwork on the comment she is referencing. So I'll link the video in the show notes. It was a very like harmless TikTok video that was me saying something like, you know, the TikTok sound that's like, uh, shit girl, I think you dropped something, my jaw. I hate myself for doing that, but that's what the sound was. I did it and I said like me and my older sister, who's also in postpartum, looking at Lucy and her non-breastfeeding boobs. So whatever, making fun of ourselves. Yes, Lucy is in a bikini. Yes, she looks fucking amazing. But I also want to note that this bikini is literally just a brown bikini. There is no print. There is nothing special about it. Did she look awesome in it? Absolutely. 
Is it a very simple brown bikini? Yeah, it is. So I post the video expecting, of course, it'll just do like pretty averagely because TikTok is all over the place. And someone asked immediately, like, where's the beans from? Or a few people did. I commented the exact links for the top and the bottom in my comments. And then pe- people kept saying, the, like, I can't see the links. I can't see the links. And I was responding to people's comments saying, I just posted it in the comments. So then I posted it again and I pinned it. And I was responding to everyone's comments saying, it's in the comments. It's in the comments. And again, we're going to get into like the demand for this link in a second, but I'm still setting the stage. So I say it's in the comments. Someone comments and says, and this is just like, this was so unnecessarily aggressive. Like, damn, quit gatekeeping a basic brown suit and gaslighting us, sis. Could she have been joking? Yes. They definitely could have been joking and like being sarcastic with this comment. Do I think they were? Honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure because some people are getting a little wild with their commenting. So a few of you, when I talked about this in my stories, were like, I don't even know what those two words mean. So I'm going to define them for you. Gaslight, to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Gaslighting is like a very serious psychological term, and it's more so used in manipulative and abusive relationships, specifically stereotyping males, gaslight females, more often than not, um, in these abusive relationships. Gatekeeping is the activity of controlling and usually limiting general access to something. These two terms being thrown around when it comes to a fucking link for a brown basic ass bathing suit, no offense, Lucy, is so wild to me, but so clearly shows the fucked up relationship that we've gotten to between influencers and followers. And I fucking hate saying followers. I hate saying like fans. I will never use that term ever. But I'm just going to say followers for the ease of this instead of having to continuously say like community members, freckled foodie family members, all of that. So we're just going to really umbrella term under followers. So... The biggest struggle I have with this is like people are so unwilling to use their own goddamn tools anymore. And when I used to work in the corporate world, we would have this saying, like we would just always say, use your tools. Like I was in sales and of course we had to always please the clients. But it was so fucking annoying to me when I would send out, this is a very specific and random example, but I was the analyst and then the associate on the team. So I was the youngest one. And I was always doing these things called the nitty gritties, which were basically for like, it was a Bloomberg message that went out on the Monday or whatever of the week of all of the deals we were doing that week. I can't believe I'm getting into these details, but here I am. And it would have all of the documents. Wow. I actually can't remember the names of the documents. I think they were POS, preliminary official statements. I think I don't know. It would have all the documents for the deals that were coming to market that week that we were lead dealer on. And then it would also have like competitive deals, all this stuff that doesn't fucking matter for the story. So I'm sorry. But what would bother me so much is that that message got sent to every client we covered, yet they would still call that week and be like, hey, I can't find the OS for this deal. Bitch, use your tools. It would drive me insane. Use your tools. And that's what I want to say to some of these people because it's just like, 
Google is a wonderful source. And I don't know when we got so confused and blurred the lines between Google and influencers, but I feel that we've gotten to this place that as consumers, we confuse influencers for other forms of Google and they're not. So that I think is like one of the things that bothered me the most about this because again, in this comment, it's like calling this thing a basic brown suit, which is exactly what it is. If you Google brown bikini, you will probably find, actually, I'm just gonna try. Hold on one second. Okay, as expected, if you simply Google brown bikini, you I am now seeing like 20, just at the very top, similar looking, very cute bathing suits. And then like the fact that it's like the gatekeeping and the gaslighting, it just makes it so intense when we're talking about a fucking brown bathing suit that you also are calling basic. So if, again, it is so basic, why are we not just Googling if you're not getting the answer from the influencer? The other thing, and like, I I really just wish we would put in more of an effort to find answers ourselves. And I'm not saying this as an influencer attacking community because I'm a consumer as well. Like I consume influencers content, but I look in their highlights. I look for links if they post it or I Google things. And I'm not saying you can't ever ask an influencer for a link and I'll get into that later. But I just think that we've kind of gotten to this place where we forget that like we are capable and competent humans that are also able to do things on our own. So someone sent this message that I think is honestly very fitting to exactly what we're talking about. I think the expectations that followers have of influencers is truly wild. Followers consume a free service, but expect 24-7 one-on-one level of customer service for lack of a better phrase. I advise college students and I've seen an increase in the lack of resourcefulness over the past few years, and I attribute some of that to the internet and social media. There is this expectation of instant gratification and immediate question and answer. I try to equip students with tools to find answers for themselves, but I still have conversations that look just like this. Student, how do I submit Form X? Me, you can go do that on the ABC office website. The complete instructions are there as well. Student, can you send me the link to the website? Me, you can find it on the university webpage or through the search function. Student, can you look it up and send it to me? Me, that would be the same steps that you would do. I'm trying to equip you with the tools to do it yourself now and in the future. Student, Okay, I'll just ask my friend to send it to me. Like, this is the perfect, I, I like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. People will sometimes ask these questions and I'm like, well, I then have to do exactly what you could be doing to give you the answer. And uh, this brown bathing suit as our example, yes, they could Google it. Would they find the exact one Lucy's wearing? I don't actually know. That's up for debate. And I don't know how they would ever know whether it's the exact one. So to be fair, probably not in this example. However, I think it also should be noted that it wasn't even something I was wearing. Lucy is not even the said influencer in this instance. So then it's me texting Lucy, asking her for the link, her going back, finding the link, sending it to me. Where for a simple brown bikini, if you're not getting the answer, is very simple to Google. Another, the same person said, also, 
cute swimsuit on Lucy, but it was a pretty simple color and style. And yet there is a compulsion that followers need to find the exact one and no other brown bikini will do. I don't know exactly what that is about. Perhaps there's something with us not trusting one's own opinions and constantly seeking advice from influencers, whether it's a swimsuit or a meal plan or an exercise routine. Like if I follow their actions as a prescription, I'll attain their happiness and or other outcomes. I also want to unpack this because I think this is really valid and really interesting, and I've never fully put these pieces together. Coming from someone who definitely had a disordered relationship with food and exercise, I used to feel like when I consumed content, and this was pre-having Freckled Foodie, but also early stages, like I followed some of the quote unquote health, fitness, whatever, wellness bloggers, Instagram people like they were fucking Bible. And anything they said, I was like, I have to do that. And it is something I still think about in a fearful manner as now the creator, because I never want people to feel like they have to do anything that I'm saying I do. But I think that like, there is this, I don't think it's universal, but I know I struggled with sense of self where I felt like if I could do or have more of what they were talking about, then I would be more like them. And again, like them is in quotations because I'm only seeing what they're choosing to include on the internet. Sure, they might look happy. I don't fucking know what they're really like mentally. I don't know what their relationships are honestly like. I don't know what their struggles are. I am seeing them through the filtered lens of social media. But if they're saying that they're following this meal plan or they're doing this exercise routine or they're eating these things or taking these vitamins, I immediately felt like I had to do them. And I think this is something that I struggle with as the entirety of influencer or influencing because now as a creator, we can use me as an example. I talk about things that I use. I talk about Athletic Greens. I talk about Seed. I talk about Beam. Those are products, for example. I talk about where I shop. I talk about workouts I do. Yes, I love these things. I would not be promoting them if I didn't. I always want to include the caveat that you don't need these things. Are they great? Do I love them? Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about them. Do you absolutely need them? Fuck no. You don't need any of them. You really don't. But... I just think that we're all looking for answers on certain things and somehow our culture has shifted a bit to look for certain answers from these influencers. And so what this person submitted is really true in the sense that like sometimes we are thinking if we follow their actions as a prescription, we'll attain their outcome. And that's just not reality. And this is why I don't like what I eat in a day videos. This is why I really hate influencers who do not have degrees or training or any of that prescribing workout plans or meal plans saying that it's like gonna do X, Y, Z. You know, like the very 2010 style of social media. Was Instagram even around then? No. Okay, the 2015 style of Instagram where it's like, how to get thin inner thighs. Honestly, Revolve just posted a fucking idiotic reel that was like this. Like how to get an hourglass shape. It felt very 2015. And then doing these workouts where like that's not attainable. That's not reality. You can't do these types of things. But they're putting on this front 
that a prescription is one size fits all and will work for everyone. And as consumers, we have been so trained over the past, I don't even know. I mean, since we were kids, you think about reading all the magazines. We talked about this in the last episode with Katie Storino and the what I ate in a day or the diet plans or all these things. And we're trained to believe that if we do these things, we will look like them. Newsflash, it is mainly genetics. And the other thing is you have no idea what else is going into this person's life. I still feel this way with some of the really big influencers who have created fitness programs. Yeah, sure, their bodies look like really fit and muscular and toned, but they're also eating a very specific way. They're also juicing. They're also maybe not eating as much as they should be. So like even if I did their workout, I'm not going to look like them. And we're going to get a little bit of a tangent, but I do think that this has to do with this topic because even when I think about myself as a consumer, like I'm so influenced by certain people, whether I care to admit it or not, by what they're wearing, by what they're doing, and then thinking, well, maybe if I got that outfit, then I'd feel better about myself. And again, it's not a right way to think, but I think we all sometimes have that mindset. And I think that's why some of us as consumers are so desperate for the exact answer because we want that exact thing that we're seeing on someone else. While we are talking about requesting links for an influencer, someone else said, and I want to touch on this, someone else sent in, I have to admit, sometimes I'm the person who wants to know where that cute insert item worn by influencer is from. However, I have a few etiquette rules when I ask for links. The most important one is behaving like this is in person and not online. What I mean by that is I always start by saying hello slash some type of greeting and then follow up by a full sentence. You would think it's basic decency to say hello, type a full sentence, say please and thank you. Unfortunately, not everyone adheres to these basics. Let me tell you, as someone who receives a lot of these requests, you are absolutely in the minority and I love you. I so, so deeply appreciate you and I completely agree, but you are in the minority because unfortunately, 90% of the messages I receive when they are asking for a link is just link for this shirt. And this gets into a whole separate conversation. This is the relationship between the community and the influencer and whether the community should treat you like a friend or a business. And this is a really confusing discussion because it, it it's so freaking layered. And there's a really complicated dichotomy between wanting your community to feel like you're their friend and their peer and like they know you while also reinforcing the sad kind of reality that they don't. And I want to dive into that deeper, but what this person sent in, the concept should be so obvious and simple and clear that when you reach out to someone and ask them for something, you would say, hi, how are you? I really love the shirt you're wearing. Is there any chance you could link it or direct me to where you've linked it before? Again, that doesn't take long to send. However, most requests are just link, link, question mark. Where's shirt from? Link, link for shirt, question mark. Honestly, not even a question mark sometimes. But it's that feeling as the creator where it's really, it's kind of confusing because suddenly you feel like a Google search engine. And I want to put this in the perspective of what this person said where I think about it as if I was in person. So I had this moment happen this past weekend We were in Florida. My mom and I are sitting on the beach with Joe and my dad and we're all hanging out. 
there's this other woman on the beach with her two kids and I was wearing a bathing suit and like a white linen Oxford. And the woman on the beach was wearing a bathing suit and like a striped blue with like some green stripes. It was pinstripes. Some were blue, some were green. Patchwork style kind of Oxford shirt dress. And she looked so fucking cute. And my mom turns to me and she's like, I love that woman's shirt. That is exactly what I want for this summer. That's what I want to wear as my cover-ups. I think it's so cute. And I was like, same. I love that look so much. I'm loving like what I look like right now with this linen Oxford. Like I really think this is going to be my new style for cover-ups as well. And she's like, where is that from, do you think? And I said, I don't know, but I'm sure it's easy to find. I'll find it for us. Don't worry. And we'll have it. Obviously, again, similar as a brown bathing suit. I might not find the exact one she's wearing. However, I could generally find what she's wearing. I think I could find five versions of it. It's not that unique. No offense, this woman, she looked fucking amazing, but I could find it. I wasn't going to go up to her and just say, link, please. We somehow get into conversation with this woman. Her child came over, started talking to Liam. We started talking to her, blah, blah, blah. I turn to her, I say, by the way, not to be creepy, but I'm obsessed with the shirt you're wearing. Where is it from? We want it so badly. And she's like, oh, it's solid and striped. You know what? I'll fucking link it in the show notes for all of you. And she goes, oh, it's solid and striped. I said, thanks so much. I love it. I haven't done it yet, but of course I'm just going to Google it and I will find it. And I think that's like the perfect example of how these work in the real world. And I've like gone up to people on the street and be like, or in Soho House, excuse me, I love your shoes. Do you remember where you got them from? I think that's a very common, like that's a human trait. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's normal. We we seek guidance from others and we see things that we like and we might want them for ourselves. And so we ask questions. This is all normal. Asking an influencer for links is expected. It's Okay. But it's the demand versus the question. And that's the difference. So then we get into the dichotomy of wanting your community to feel like you're their friend, but also still like there is the reality that they're not your friend. And this is one that's really hard for me to mentally unpack as a creator and also honestly as a consumer. As a creator, like my goal is to share as much as humanly possible because I believe we could all benefit from being more honest and open and vulnerable. And I do not love the origin of influencing where it was, look at me, look at me, I'm so amazing, you can't attain this, but like watch my beautiful life and not it and and not actually showing a depiction of reality. So if you're following me, if you're listening to this show, you know I really try to share everything and I lay it all out on the table. Where this has helped me and where this has hurt me are in many, many places, but it's helped so much, if I guess the word would be helped, because it has been, in my opinion, the backbone of how I've built this community. It's how I've built a platform. It's how I've gained a following. It's how I've been able to do this as my job. It's why I love doing my job, because I never feel like I have to show up, because it's just, it's me. It is what it is. This is what you get. I never have to feel like I'm, you know, reading a script or getting myself together for the camera. It's just the reality. I think it's also helped me because as a consumer, from what I've been told, 
you all feel very connected to me. I've had people say, it feels like I'm just watching a FaceTime with my friend. Um, You know, I feel like I know you. I feel like we'd be best friends in real life. These things mean the world to me. And this is why I think we've built such an engaged and supportive community. And I say we've built because honestly, we collectively, me as the creator, you all as the consumers have built this community. Without you guys, there's no fucking community. It's just me talking to a microphone. No one's listening. That is a big fucking difference. So we have built this community. That being said, I think it's really hurt me because I set the precedent from the very beginning that I would share everything. And it has kind of negated the reality of boundaries. And this is where I have a hard time. Because of course, when I started, I didn't have any followers. You start with none. As I started to gain a few, it was still fun for me to share everything because what did I care? I was so small. No one was actually watching. It was whatever. As I've grown in size, and this is coming from someone who's definitely still micro in size, so I can't even fathom what people with larger accounts feel like, I have had to implement more and more and more boundaries to protect myself, my privacy, my mental health, and my family, and a lot of other things. And this is where I have a hard time because as someone who is historically not good with boundaries and kind of set this precedent on my platform that I wasn't going to have any, I don't feel that many people respect boundaries when I do set them. And we can use the example of my family or Joe. The amount of times that people ask very intimate questions about my family and their finances or my siblings' finances or Joe's finances is astronomical and shocking to me. Yes, it has gone down because I've continuously publicized these questions anonymously and just been like, why do you guys feel like this is a normal question to ask? However, it still happens. And another example is... Liam is the perfect example. And I want to do a whole other episode on this, so stay tuned. But the boundary that I set with my child and what I choose to share on my platform and that actually upsetting and angering some people, that's what blows my mind. Because again, as consumers, why do we feel entitled to all of this? I think that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And look, I am not saying this from a consumer, uh, from a creator standpoint and shaming consumers and community members at all, because I'm a consumer also. And I put myself in your guys' shoes when you're consuming my content. There is an influencer who I follow, who I followed for years, and her partner used to be all over her platform. I have not seen her partner on her platform for uh, probably a year, a year plus. And I desperately want to fucking know what happened. Desperately. I'm nosy as hell. I want to know if they're divorced. I want to know what happened. Are they divorced? Are they not divorced? If they are, why? If they're not, where the fuck is he? What is going on? Why do I deserve that information? Like that's what's confusing. And I go back and forth on this, honestly, because why do I think I deserve that information? probably because I've consumed her content for so long. And I just think that like, as a follower, no, she doesn't owe me shit. She really doesn't. But at the same time, as a creator, I do feel I owe you guys something because without you, I wouldn't be here. So it's just the line of what do I owe? 
And this is where it gets really blurred and really confusing. And this is why I think consumers feel entitled to so much from creators because you're not wrong. If you guys weren't around, we wouldn't have platforms. We wouldn't have the means to do this. We It wouldn't be a job. So like, yeah, in a sense, you are entitled to some stuff, but you're not entitled to everything. And creators are allowed to set boundaries. And that's something that should be respected. And it's just so confusing. The lines are so blurred. As you can tell, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I also think that it's interesting for me because, again, I try to share as much as humanly possible. But then there are things that I witness in my own life, things that I struggle with, relationships that I'm having a hard time with, um, things that are really upsetting me. You know, I can take my family, for example, and I'll just do high surface level. But like I'm in Florida, for instance. From the outsider's perspective, my trip probably looks fucking amazing. Of course it does. I'm in the sunshine. I'm with my family. I'm staying at my parents' house. It's glorious. And yeah, many, most aspects of that trip were 100%. But I also really struggle being with living with my family for extended periods of time. Some of the relationships were tested. I had to have a very serious conversation with one of my family members about something I was disappointed with. Like, it's not all roses. But at the same time, I can't really sit down and share all of that with almost 70,000 people because I have to respect the other person involved. I have to respect my family member who I was having the conversation with. I'm not trying to put that person on blast. And I think being on the other side of this, it's almost like you see how the sausage is made where now I consume with such a different lens because in reality, we will never fucking know everything that is happening. Never, never. Even if someone like chose to share everything without any type of filter, they're still picking and choosing what they're sharing. Like I'm still, there are moments in my life and they might be the happiest moment of my life and they might be the saddest moment of my life. But those ends of the spectrum, I'm not picking up my phone to record. I'm just not. I'm either way too happy where I'm like, why the fuck would I ruin this moment? Or it's just thankfully no longer the first thing I think to do when I'm having one of these experiences. Or I'm too sad where I can't even fathom talking about something. So the creator is really choosing what we're seeing as a consumer, and we need to remember that. Okay, we've gotten like so far off track. But also the comment someone asked, as your community member, should we be treating you like a friend or like a business? Because I don't know the answer. And that's another confusing thing. I think you treat the creator like a friend, but you respect that they're not your best friend who you're texting every day where you don't need to still include the like not formalities, but the friendliness. Like, yeah, I'll text Lucy and I'll just say, come upstairs because I want to see her. I don't need to say, hey, Lucy, how are you doing? Will you please come upstairs? I want to talk to you. It's just come up, bitch. Like, she's my fucking sister. But I'm not going to message some influencer I follow saying, uh, like another, uh, okay, another example. People will message me saying, coming to New York this weekend, where should I eat? What? Huh? When did I become Zagat? Where's I got? Whatever. Or Yelp or infatuation. Like a message that could have been sent, hey, 
love your content. I'm actually coming to New York this weekend. I'm so excited. Do you have anywhere that lists your favorite restaurants or are there a few restaurants that you feel are must go-tos? Of course, that is a very friendly, kind message that I would send a friend. That's where I think we can blend the friend and business. It doesn't have to be this like, you know, email request for commentary, but it should be more than link question mark. On the note of boundaries, I think that as a creator, it's really confusing when people expect so much from you and feel so entitled to you and your life. And this blends into the constant struggle of trying to please everyone and feeling the need that I always have to. And this is whether, this is, I mean, this really honestly covers every topic under the sun because it's the feeling of posting a photo of me and not having links to my outfit and stressing out. That honestly stresses me out. I hate to say it, but it does because I just know people are going to ask for it. And then I feel badly when I can't supply it. And that's sad for me because, I mean, not like, I'm not saying you guys should feel sad for me. I'm saying that's mentally sad for me because that's, again, me feeling like I need to please everyone. And as someone who doesn't do a ton of shopping and wears a lot of stuff from years years old, Links are a little rare in my life. So feeling like I have to provide, whether it be the links or even just like commentary on things, you know, what's happening in the world is another example. And this is a different topic as well. But as if suddenly I'm supposed to know every single thing that's happening in in this world and be a resource, but also a news source, but also a specialist in geopolitical news. Like, I I think it's one thing I was very adamant about speaking on the United States election, on the Black Lives Matter movement, on what was happening in our world, because those were topics that directly impacted me and were happening in our country. I think there's been a lot that's happened over the past, I mean, forever, but especially now that social media is such a large part of our lives, recently, where there's this push for influencers to speak on topics, but in reality, we don't always know about the topic. Like, I'm not, I'm not a news anchor, and I'm not a journalist. I'm not a specialist. I'm not like I, I know very little, unfortunately, about a lot of politics and geopolitical and geography in general. But again, there's this like, as consumers, we expect everything out of them. And again, I think it's because we've blurred these lines of like who they are in our lives. And we feel let down sometimes if they don't do what we like. Not that this is right at all, but as a consumer, I get it. We feel like we know this person. We feel like they're a part of our lives. And when they let us down, it hurts. And that's another confusing thing. You know, I think about some of the messages I get, and we can get into one of them, Um where someone verbally completely abused and attacked me, calling me a CNX Tuesday, which I didn't even know was a word we still use. Um, Cyberbullied straight up because I wish I had no reason. I don't really know what her reasoning was um, because I'm a moronic podcaster with rich banking parents who used to work at JP Morgan 
and I'm vapid and vain. That's basically what she said in a way smaller context than reading off all of her messages on the show. But it's this interesting feeling as a consumer of if the creator doesn't do exactly what we want them to do, then they fucking suck. And I think it's important for us to take a step back and realize that like, not only are these creators people, so A, like chill a little bit with the words and the bullying because that's fucked up, but B, they're not actually here to serve you. Like they're not here to individually make sure that everything they say pleases you because they don't know you. And I realize that it's fucked for us to kind of realize that because the whole concept of influencing is building this community that feels like they're your best friend, that feels like they know you. And in a sense, they do. But in the grand scheme of things, they're not always going to do exactly what you want. And we need to be okay with that. We need to like be okay with not liking everything an influencer does. And if we don't end up liking the influencer, you unfollow them. Like I think it's lost on a consumer that you hold the power. You hold the ultimate decision of whether you want to consume the content or you don't. There are, consu- there are creators that drive me up my fucking wall. There is one TikToker who I absolutely despise. Despise. I don't know why she gets under my skin so much, but she does. You better believe I have hit not interested on every video that has appeared on my FYP by her because I don't want to see her content. It's the exact reason I don't follow her on Instagram. It's the exact reason I don't follow her on TikTok. I'm getting to a stage where I might actually block her because I don't want to see it and it keeps coming up on my FYP. And like, look, that's fine. We're not going to like everyone. Do you like everyone in the world? No, there are plenty of people I do not like. So just actively choose not to consume their content. What I will not understand is people who decide they are not being served by an influencer, fine, but then decide to continue to consume their content only to then attack them because they're not doing what you want them to do. Do you walk into a person's house that's not your own, and say, oh my God, I fucking hate the color of your couch. You have to change it. You would never in a million years do that, ever. If you do, like you need to probably seek some help and you could be a nicer person. But that's kind of what we're doing when we consume influencers' content and then decide to berate them because it's not what we want to see. If it's not what you want to see and if you're so keen on seeing something exactly like what you want, Maybe you should make your own page and put out the content that you want to see. Because who knows? Maybe there are people out there that want the exact same thing as you. And maybe you should be the creator. I also think that if some of these people were the creators, they would have a lot more respect for a cr- fellow creators and also realization that like, fuck, not all of this job is so pretty. And look, this is not a pity party whatsoever. I am so blessed to have this job. I love 95% of it. But the 5% of it that I really struggle with is the incessant need by others for me to please them. Because I've let go of the expectation that I have to please everyone. I want to please the important people in my life. My son, my siblings, my family, my husband, my in-laws, and my close friends. 
Those are the people that I'm focused on pleasing. Everyone else, yeah, it'd be nice if they were happy with me, but I can't control that. This also gets into, um, one of you asked, how do you remain calm and do you react to the negativity the way you thought you would? How do I remain calm? I don't always. And we can take that person's message from this weekend as the example for this one. Um, She verbally abused me and completely tore me apart. Shockingly, it didn't actually hurt, which also kind of scares me, um, because I've let go of the specific topic she was talking about. Like those are ones that we've discussed at such nauseam that I'm just kind of over it. Like how many times can I say, acknowledge, or own up to privileges I hold and my upbringing? There's, we're beating a fucking dead horse here. It's honestly getting annoying as a consumer, I'm sure. So I've kind of let go of that, where when she says that two years ago, I would have been hysterically crying for hours on end. Now I'm just like, girl, I'm so sorry that you're hurting. I'm really sorry that whatever is going wrong in your life is triggered by my content. And obviously that answer set her off even more. Are there still things that would make me really upset? Yes. Am I going to say them on here? No, because then some of you mean people who troll me who are so obsessed that you'll listen to the show to continue to troll me, we'll just use that content. However, I remain calm, yes, where I'm just like, "Mm, it is what it is. You know, I can't please everyone. But I think if you ask my mom or Joe, they still don't think I handle it correctly. And I did, in fact, get a gentle lecture while I was in Florida because they don't think I should be sharing those messages on my platform with the handle. And I totally understand their point of view. I really do. I really get it. Joe specifically. Joe's constantly, and this has been a fight between us because when I tell him I get these messages and I read them, his immediate reaction is, it doesn't matter. Or why do you even respond? Where I'm like, listen, I kind of want you to acknowledge that that might hurt my feelings, like what they're saying. And first ask, are you okay? Does that hurt you? And look, we love, love this about Joe. He listens, he learns, and he adapts. So now he does do that. But then he kind of just gets mad at me for interacting with them. And while I get where he's coming from, and most of the time, I never feel better about a situation from interacting, and I, I do need to work on that and learn from that, I still feel like these people should have some accountability. There should be accountability for their actions. And, you know, we wouldn't stand by someone cyberbullying a kid in school. You would bring it to a principal or you would bring it to their parent. Something would be done. So whether it's right or not, I don't know. But me posting it on my story is kind of like, look, if you're going to say this to me, then you should feel comfortable with people seeing your words. Again, my parents, my mom and Joe do not agree with that. But like, where's the accountability then? Because I think that A, other consumers and followers don't fully understand how vile some humans can be on the internet. So I think in that sense, it kind of is helpful to show, to just be like, this is a shitty part of this job. And maybe that's me trying trying to subconsciously gain respect for what I do. I don't know. I got to work that out in therapy. But I also think it's important to see 
that side as a consumer. And then I'm also like, well, fuck this person. I'm sorry. If you're going to come at me and say these horrifically abusive and vile things, I'm going to blast you. And that is the inner bitch in me putting that on blast. I can acknowledge that. I can fully acknowledge that that is not my nicest action. But as you all know, I'm a recovering bitch and she is still very much in there. I say that all the time. If you come for someone I love, her claws come out. And maybe that's just the way that she is rising in this setting. I don't know. But at some point, I do feel like I kind of have to protect myself. So do I react to the negativity the way I thought I would? Not, Not anymore. Yes, I just said that still my inner bitch is coming out by like doing that. But If this had been like six years ago, oh my God, I would have fucked with these people so hard. I would have attacked them back in messages. Attacked. Now I just respond and I'm like, I'm sorry you're hurt. Like, I'm really sorry. And with the message I received that I'm referencing, she was the first thing I actually responded was, hey, I'm actually curious. If you really hate me so much, why are you still following me and consuming my content? Because I am curious. I'm genuinely curious. And she just kept attacking me, attacking me. And I said, you keep ignoring my question. Why are you still following me? That's when then she got like really angry and ugly. And that's when I then said, like, I'm sorry, you're hurting. So no, that's not at all how if five years ago you had asked me how I would react. That's way more mature than I ever would have imagined. Is it still the most mature? No, probably the most mature would I guess be just immediately deleting the message and not responding at all. And not even talking about it. So maybe we'll get there one day, but I'm not there yet. But then the other thing is like, people are like, oh, just block them, just block them. But then some, I'm not going to lie, I see some communities attacking creators for blocking them because they're like, oh, they block all the negative comments. So then where is that line drawn? I don't fucking know, guys. I do not know. The last submission I want to talk about is along these same lines when influencers feel the need to apologize for not posting content or for taking a break slash time off I find it so sad it would be like me sending an agency-wide email every Monday saying hi everyone so sorry I wasn't around this weekend I was away with my family and I didn't want to be attached to my phone everyone deserves a break I would much prefer someone post I'm on vacay see you when I get back when did we earn the right into every second of people's lives Again, spot on. You guys are spot fucking on. I mean, I've definitely been someone that says like, I'm sorry, I need the time. And I think I haven't done this in a while. I'm pretty sure I acknowledge like, no, wait a damn second. I deserve this time. I'm a fucking human. And this is something that I don't think I fully came to terms with until I had Liam, where I'm like, I'll share as much as I can and as much as I want, but I can't share everything. And I'm okay with that. And I'm pulling back because I would rather enjoy the moments in my life than focus on sharing them. And may we all wish that for every fucking influencer. Because as much as we want 24-7 all access to everything, because we live in a more, more, more consumer mentality who loves instant gratification and abundance, people deserve their privacy and their lives and the ability to enjoy the moment rather than consume themselves with how to create content out of it. 
And again, kind of like seeing how the sausage is made, I now consume social media with such a different lens because when I see these videos of like couples doing things like, you know, inside looks of these like romantic quote unquote moments or even with children, I do go to a mindset of why the fuck is this being recorded? Because I know what it takes to record. So I know at some point you had to pull yourself from the moment and hit record. And this goes for me, me too, videos I posted with Liam. I have to take myself out of it for a second to hit record. Yes, I've captured some incredible videos by chance because I was recording something that then turned into something. And honestly, that's some of my favorite content and that's, or not content, well, yeah, content, not in like an influencer way, but more in just like a content of having on my phone way and sharing with family and friends. But there is this moment where if you decide, oh, wait, I want to capture this, you're immediately taken out of the moment. You're immediately put into creator mode. You're immediately put into work mode. And you're immediately missing out. So as a creator, if you're listening, I would just pay attention to that because it's been one of the best gifts I can give myself of letting go of that. And it probably has to do with the fact that I want to keep Liam more private. And it probably has to do with the fact that my husband hates being recorded. So it's just not even an option over here in this household. This episode went so many fucking different directions. Once again, I sat down and was like, I have nothing to say. And here we are 50 minutes later. I hope this episode was interesting to listen to. I think we unpacked a lot. I think it's really interesting if you're a creator. I think it's really interesting, honestly, if you're a consumer. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for submitting all of your responses and your questions and your thoughts. Thank you for requesting this episode. Please stay tuned for more. We have some great, great episodes coming your way. And again, I want to involve you guys more in the solo episodes. So send me your thoughts, questions, comments, all of the above. Thank you for listening. You guys are the shit. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.